Welcome to Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Guy Cipriano, the Editor-in-Chief of Golf Course Industry Magazine. We have two awesome guests on this podcast. Joining us are our friends Matt Pauli, the Director of Marketing for Standard Golf, and David Eichhorn, the Superintendent at Elmwood Country Club in Marshalltown, Iowa. This podcast is about some innovation going on in the heartland. Matt's going to first discuss a new product called Green Activator coming from Standard Golf that is a bit different than the products that you typically would associate with Standard Golf. And then David's going to jump on the podcast and discuss his start as superintendent at Elmwood. He's in his second year. His first year was very eventful. And now this year he's settling into an agronomic planning program, and he's also plotting numerous long-range improvements for the golf property. Matt and David are two of the more passionate people that we know in the industry. They absolutely love doing what they do, and we know that you're going to find these conversations with them entertaining and enlightening. Well, Matt, thanks for joining us. We've had a lot of conversations over the years, but I believe this is the first time I've ever recorded a podcast with you. So the first thing we need to get out of the way here is uh, before we get into what's coming from Standard Golf, tell our listeners about what this time of year is like for you and everybody else with the company. Sure. Well, Guy, yeah, thanks for having me on board. You know, we've had a few conversations over the years. It's fun to, to try to make this uh, a little real here. Well, Standard Golf right now, uh, you know, it's, for the marketing team, my guys and gals, they are uh, getting really um, heavy into the catalog for 2022. So they are working hard to get that prepared. We go to print in early October. Uh, our production team is getting ready for everything that we're going to be making new in 2022. So they're getting their policies and their procedures lined up for that. Yeah, our purchasing lady, she is, uh, as you can imagine, in this current environment, she's pulling her hair out to figure out where she's going to source the raw materials that we need and everything of that nature and get the vendors lined up. But all in all, you know, it's busier uh, than you would suspect just because accessories aren't flying off the shelf this time of year. But uh, the company is, is moving forward and, and getting ready for next year and everything we need to do to, to make this a successful year at the end. So Standard Golf has been manufacturing products for golf courses for more than 90 years. What's different about the product you're getting ready to release to the golf market here this fall? Yeah, the, the biggest difference about this product is it's going to be a consumable that you can apply directly to the turf. So, you know, that's that's really the boom, that's it. It's going to be different in that regard. <laughs> and what's the name of it, Matt? So the product is going to be called Green Activator. It is a humic and fulvic uh, acid um, organically sourced and is going to be able to uh, really help the uh, plant and health uh, for the, the, the plant health for the, uh, the grass. And this product comes from basically standard golf's backyard in Iowa, right? That's right. We've teamed up with a, with a local manufacturer that has over 25 years of experience producing this product for the agricultural industry. So all of the corn, soybeans, everything of that nature, that the cash crops that are grown here in Iowa, they've been helping farmers increase their yield uh, for years now, just over two decades and have had great success. And so we've been watching it. We've been seeing, you know, you know, I have a cornfield 20 feet from this window. I mean, I'm in Iowa, so I see it every day. Um, and so we, we have a little pulse on that, and we have an idea. And, um, you know, we had learned this year uh, that corn is actually in the grass family. So humic and fulvic acid, the way it works and helps corn grow, it's going to do the same thing with grass. And we've tried it. We've practiced it. We've done some trials. And so far, we've had the same success and the same result. Matt, what convinced the team at Standard Golf that there's a need for this type of humic and fulvic acid in the golf market? Yeah, well, it was twofold, really. One, you know, with the evolving uh, accessories business, you know, with 
COVID and some other issues, you know, some courses are starting to remove certain accessories. You're seeing fewer bunker rates, for example, ball washer signs. And so we wanted to find another product that could help the superintendents uh, with their job. You know, we've always been, have always thought of ourselves as the superintendent's friend. What can we do to help make their jobs easier, make the golf courses play as well as they can and be as healthy? Um, and so this, when we started meeting uh, the guys with the manufacturer, we said, you know, this, this is, sounds like it's great. You know, it's a liquid-based product, so it is, and it's, um, it's healthy, it's organic, it's natural, so you don't need a spray tech to put it on the course. So that should help with labor or help certain courses not have to have that expense or that need of that individual. Um, it can be mixed with other uh, products when you put it on. And so it's really something that we think is going to help the superintendents be a playable uh, grass a lot better make it stronger and something that they can use uh, besides having to install ball washers. How did you go about establishing a relationship with the manufacturer that is responsible for the product? Yeah, well, we've we've known a little bit about them for a while, and we started researching this humidifolvid, how is it working, how is it happening with with the uh, fields here in Iowa. But really what kind of supercharged our meeting was we have a couple of um, colleagues within the company that, that knew them personally, and chatted about, wait, what's new at your shop? What's new at my shop? And they mentioned to us that um, there was a professor, I always call him a professor, but there's a doctor at the USDA who had just completed a three-year research project on their product in the corn industry. And so when we heard of those results and we heard of how that was helping, we said, oh my gosh, yes, let's, let's start talking about how we can put this on golf courses. And so we started a trial early this year. Uh, and they've been actually applying it to sports turf fields down in Texas with great results as well. So that was how this relationship was born, and we've cultivated it uh, throughout the year. So there's a cornfield 20 feet from your window. Did you ever imagine that something that would be applied to a landscape like a cornfield would be used on a golf course and that you'd be involved in uh, <laughs> positioning that product in the golf industry? Right, yeah, not at all. The only thing that I ever saw that goes into a cornfield with golf would be my golf shot. You know, it would be an Aaron T-ball or something. Uh, so it's really neat to see um, that come to fruition. Well, I think we've all hit a shot or two in the cornfield. I know that the course in Northeast Ohio where I play in my golf league, there's a cornfield uh, just to the left of the ninth hole on one of the nines. And, yeah, we've, we've put some balls in there inadvertently. Yes, yeah, it can happen to the best of us. Matt, how do you foresee Green Activator being used by superintendents and their teams? Yeah, so it's a liquid product, as we mentioned, that they'll be able to spray on um, as often as they need. When we first originally started trying it, we thought it would be a three-time-a-year process, twice in the spring as the grass starts to come out of its dormant state, and then once again in the fall to give it kind of a shot um, before it goes to sleep. But uh, through our trials, we have seen it working, and, and courses continue to put it on almost on a monthly basis now. So it's really kind of a a little bit of a trial by error in that regard. You know, how much do you want to add? What do you want to do? But really, we see it being applied, you know, four to five times a year at a minimum onto the golf course. A few years ago, I was really lucky. I had a chance to visit you and the Standard Golf team in person, and then we went out to a golf course that wasn't too far from your headquarters and saw a lot of Standard Golf products that were being used on the golf course for the first time. What's the relationship like between Standard Golf and the Iowa superintendents, and how important are they to your product development process? Yeah, the superintendents here in Iowa and really the others that we've met around um, the country have been real helpful to us. Uh, they've been very kind and, and very and, and very blunt to tell us when things don't work, too, which is also equally um, positive. 
but um, the relationships we build through the local chapters and, and just being able to meet these guys and get to them early and you know in their day has really been helpful. And, and several of them are really, you know, we'll come to them with a new product and say, hey, what do you think about this? And they'll tell us honestly. And, and recently with this green activator, we had you know, about five or six different superintendents around the state that are, were willing to, to try it on their golf courses. Uh, and that's just been, you know, you can't ask, you know, well, this is their job. This is this is their career, um, you know, making sure the grass is in great shape and they're willing to try this product. Um, it really shows the, the trust and rapport they have in us, and we really appreciate that in return. One of those superintendents is David Eichhorn, who's the second guest on this podcast. He'll be on right after we get done with you. You had a chance to spend some time at Elmwood Country Club working on some trials with him. How enjoyable was it working with David? David is a great guy. You know, you can sit around and, and, and chat about anything with him, and particularly golf and, and how to take, you know, how to treat the grass and the different courses. So he's been, uh, you know, in Arizona, he's been here in Iowa, so he's been around in different climates, and uh, he's just been fun. And, you know, we, we first suggested or, or, or asked, really, if he would be willing to try this product, um, and he took it with open arms. You know, he, you know, the nice thing about the humic fulvic acid is we're not having to educate everybody about what is it. It's a, it's, you know, it is a known factor. Um, but to have someone like him just open arms, say, yes, I'll try it, I'll do it, uh, let's see how it, how it works. So and David's just been, been wonderful in that regard. What have you learned about Green Activator so far and some of the work you've done with superintendents? It, that, quite frankly, it works pretty well. Um, you know, I've seen it, uh, you, know, you know, when we have um, – it, well, I, I'll back up. It, you know, it applies to the course easily. You can, you know, you put it in your sprayer. You can mix other substances with it, um, so it, it gets on the course easily. The, uh, as a liquid format, this product absorbs into the plant in about 10 to 15 minutes, so you don't need a rain or anything to put the granulars into the grass. Um, I just the biggest thing what I've been learning more is, you know, on this side of the world, you know, what is the what are the chemicals and the products that superintendents need? Why do they use them, and what are the results they do? And so. We've been learning a lot about how, um, what their plans are and how this might uh, help them out. Matt, anybody that spends time with you, even just a few minutes, comes away thinking that this is somebody who is really passionate about golf and really passionate about marketing and getting products into the hands of end users and helping end users solve problems. As somebody in a role like yours, how exciting is it to introduce a totally different product from the company that you work for? kind of a marketer's dream in one sense because you can get caught always you know thinking you, you know how to you know how do we sell a bottle washer how do we sell a hole cutter how do we sell a, a cup and you kind of just do the same message or you hit the same audience and then all of a sudden you get something completely different and you realize okay we kind of need to rock the boat a little bit we need to try to find as many different um, mediums as possible to deliver this message to, to the superintendents and to our distributors and so that's really been fun so we've been doing uh, interviews such as this, we've been doing video. Um, we're getting ready to to just drop all of this, and it's, it's been fun. It's been fun to see how it works, and uh, it, it's just it's what we live for as marketers. Where can listeners go to learn more about Green Activator? Absolutely. So I uh, appreciate the question. Uh, standardgolf.com slash Green Activator. So that that'll be live. Standardgolf.com slash Green Activator. And, and last yeah, thing can... here, being in the heartland, it's getting ready to be college football season and the Ryder Cup's coming to the Wisconsin. Any predictions for the college football season or the Ryder Cup, Matt? Oh, boy. You know, 
I can't talk about the Ryder Cup without talking about the Solheim Cup as well. Both happening here in the next you know couple of weeks, right? So I like the home teams to, to pull both of those off. Um, I think we're going to see a little bit of a bromance with uh, Brooks and, and Bryson. I think they're going to team up together. And uh, I think the U.S. behind the, the boisterous crowd that I know Whistling Straits will have um, will propel the Americans to victory there. The Solheim Cup, I like. I mean, I, that's going to be, I think, a, a much more interesting match. You've got um, the European team, as you know, has the top two finishers from the recent uh, Women's Open. But, of course, the Americans have the Corda sisters, the reigning gold medal champion, the world number one. So I think that's going to be a, a fun a fun match. But we'll go with the home team there. College football, I, I still want to talk about my alma mater, but we'll, they're not going to do very well this year, I don't think. So uh, the boys up in Ann Arbor well, might be years away. Um the thing I think is most interesting, I'll tell you, is a lot of these teams are breaking in brand-new quarterbacks. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Texas A&M. So does that help Iowa State, Cincinnati, Georgia? Maybe those guys are the sleepers to uh, to break into the, the top four in the playoffs. So I'm hoping for shake-up in the college football uh, playoffs. I'm so glad that you brought up the Solheim Cup that's being played at the Inverness Club in Toledo, Ohio. And yeah. the last time it was played in U.S. soil, I believe you had a chance to go to it. We did, yeah. Um, it was hosted down at Des Moines Golf and Country. I think it was over 2017, and that is fun. I had not, I've never been to a Ryder Cup, so to go down and, and see the Solheim and see the passion that um, the ladies play with, um, and the fans were, were so passionate into it as well. They're, they have a great following, and, and, they, and they play really good golf, so it's, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. Well, Matt, it was great to actually talk to you in a formal capacity like this and can't wait to catch up again soon and good luck with the product launch here thanks so much guys pleasure talking to you as always and i hope all goes well for you it's always fun catching up with matt now on to our conversation with elmwood country club superintendent david eichhorn well david thanks for joining us it's awesome to catch up again and to have you on the the podcast and the first thing i want to get to here is for our listeners that aren't familiar with it just describe elmwood country club in your own words yeah, so uh, Elmwood Country Club is uh, your routine, I guess, a private country club. And uh, uh, we're in a town of about uh, 29,000 people here in Marshalltown, Iowa, which is geographically pretty much the center of the state. Elmwood was built back in 1896, so uh, it's got some solid history in the state and in the community. They, they built the property. The first nine holes was originally out on the north side of town uh, along the Iowa River. Uh, over the course of the years, you know, due to some flooding, it was kind of a low-lying area. They, uh, they decided to look out some higher ground, and they decided to move to the complete opposite side of town on the south side in 1918. And that's when they required the services of a, a golf course architect, Tom Bendelow. And he came out and did his little magic here on this uh, property. I've been around the state of Iowa my whole life, and it's a very, very unique property. It's it's very rolling terrain, but I, I think the word rolling terrain, um, as it applies to Elmwood, is probably a little soft of the language. It's it's there's some really good movement here, really good green complexes. Uh, what is very unique about Elmwood is that. Um, you know, we only measure in about, we've added some new teams over the, the course of the last few years, and they did even prior to when I got here, but uh, it only measures to about uh, 6150 for total yardage from the back tees 
which with today's technology doesn't, you know, seem very long, but it's uh, the green complexes make this golf course very relevant. It's very unique to play, you know, the kicks you get around here with the balls and trying to use the trying to use the right angles to get away from slopes and to kick the balls into greens. It's a golf course that we try to put a lot of focus on that we want, um, you know, all age groups and skill levels to be able to play it, but yet have a unique characteristics um, that are going to, you know, bring in those tournament golfers. Um, we actually are going to get to host, uh, this fall, here in the end of September, the Iowa Cup matches, which I could, I may be speaking wrong, but I think it's the top 10 to 12 golf pros around the state, um, and they pair them up against the 10 to 12, again, those might be 10, uh, top amateurs around the state. So they do a little uh, type of Ryder Cup situation, and we get to host that this year. So it's, it's going to be fun to see how those guys get to navigate the golf course around here. Well, David, you got me sold. Uh, uh, I'm coming out to Marshalltown and getting a membership. What a, what a cool place it sounds like. And for our listeners that aren't familiar, describe Marshalltown, Iowa, in your own words. And also, you know, I'm very fortunate. I get to travel around and see a lot of golf facilities. And just how much does a club like Elmwood mean to a, a smaller town? I've seen some other clubs like Elmwood in other states, and they just mean a ton to the community. How cool is it to work at a place that means so much to the community? In my second year here in town, when I first came in the parking lot, Elmwood just has that very iconic, old-school type of clubhouse. So it's very interesting when you first come up the hill to see it. I get a lot of uh, comparisons from people that come here for the first time. It's like a mini, mini Oakmont-type clubhouse or mini, you know, whatever, over, you know, the older East Coast clubhouses over there. So it's very, very unique in that regard, very beautiful, very eye-catching. Like I said, Marshalltown is a, a town of about 29,000 people. Um, it has gone through some tough times in the past, and but right now there's some good leadership in, within the community. They are heavily invested in growing the community. We have four to five major corporate uh, companies here in town, one of them being uh, Fisher Emerson, who their, their headquarters um, – are here in Marshalltown. They, they deal with some valve building and valve sales. Uh, we have Raycom, which is emergency management radios and that sort of communication. Uh, we have a company that's been around for quite a few years called Marshalltown Company, which they're, they're heavily involved in, uh, in concrete and construction-type equipment. Um, they initially started out with just trowels, but now they've diverse into uh, many, many different products. And then uh, Port Process Plants, JBS, is here in town that employs quite a few different people. So we have those, and then we have, you know, the smaller smaller type of situations. But those four major players are here. Um, the uh, Chamber of Commerce and city leadership, they're they're striving to grow our population to 50,000 by the year 2030, uh, which, you know, that's, that's a big number. Um, that's uh, 30,000 people in the next you know, eight years. So they are heavily invested in downtown rebuilding, um, looking at different avenues to uh, bring in new new corporations and jobs. And so Elmwood is unique in that respect uh, that, you know, it really does serve for the families that we have here uh, that are members as the home away from home. It's 
a really family retreat. It's a club where the kids out here are, you know, it's kind of one of those places where you can just take your kids and you're going to trust the people, the employees that are there that, you know, nothing's going to happen. (laughs) It's kind of, it's very rare, I think, these days. But in that regard, it still has that very rural, small-time feel. Yeah, it's, it's very important to the community. You know, it's, a, it's that kind of leisure place. It's kind of one of those things. As Elmwood, as Elmwood continues to grow and we kind of do what we envision with the club, it just kind of correlates with how the, uh, the whole town is kind of moving. So it's a very encouraging and exciting community to be in right now. What led you to Elmwood Country Club, and what did you learn at your past stops? So this is my second season. I was, uh, I was approached by one of the members. They were in the search for a new superintendent. He happened to be a member. Of, he, he golfs quite a bit around the state, and so he had played a little bit at Cedar Rapids Country Club. I met the superintendent over at Cedar Rapids Country Club and was talking about, hey, you know, I'm over at Elmwood. We're looking for a new superintendent. And he kind of gave him a list of names, and my name was on there. They reached out and I came over and been here my whole life in the state of Iowa and hadn't really heard much about Elmwood. Uh, played high school golf and traveled around quite a bit and tried to play as much golf as possible throughout college and my friends and local communities and such. And with being in the industry, we get the opportunity to play around, you know, most of the state, but had never gotten to Elmwood. And so, like I said, when I got approached, I came over and I was kind of looking for a golf course that was interested in being very progressive in what they wanted to do with the golf course and moving forward. Uh, been in the industry now for 19 years, had a couple superintendent jobs at the current time when I made the transition to Elmwood. Assistant had a very good assistant job over in Cedar Rapids. Had to be the right fit. It had to be a fit not only career-wise for myself, but I'm a, a single dad. I have two little daughters, and it had to be a place that was going to not only welcome myself and my career, but also me and my, my two little children to the club, you know, to be kind of like part of the family. So Elmwood presented that you know, presented itself that way to me. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of just, uh, <laughs> just kind of took the leap and, and trusted and had a vision and, and kind of did that. Basically, the one key takeaway that I've taken away from all my previous stops is that, number one, I, I – I always remember this, and I can't remember who exactly said it, but I had a general manager at one point in a staff meeting that kind of told us, you know, if you ever get to the point where you think you're the smartest person in the room, you're, you probably it's time for you to probably move on, right? So I try, to, I try to take that into account even on the golf course, and by that I mean I'm very open to ideas from my staff. You know, I'm open to – whether, you know, whatever it may be, you know, I want to be an open book. I want to listen to listen to everybody and take in, um, you know, what they think and what they what they have to offer because I'm not perfect and there might be better ways to do things out there. And in that teamwork, ultimately, without the right team around you as a golf course superintendent, you're probably never going to be successful. Elmwood, when I got here, They've had, they got, I guess, still have two employees that have been here for 30 plus years. Um, so that tells me that, you know, those guys are really dedicated and they were probably going to be some key staff members here on my team. And they have been. And we've kind of been slowly building around those guys. And we got a pretty good little team. And, you know, we're just plugging.
slugging along, trying to make everything work. So it's been a, it's been really fun. Your first year, you got hit with a lot, right? A global pandemic, yes, a yeah. drought, and then derecho. Just explain what happened last year, how challenging it was, and how did you and the team get get through all those things happening during the same stretch? It all happened kind of relatively really fast, right? You know, so got here to the club. We knew we had certain goals. We had to raise membership. We had to do certain things. We had to be creative with revenue streams. We had to be really budget conscious. So, of course, pandemic hit and no functions, no big outings. You know, that's kind of washed. So it was really nerve-wracking, you know, right out the get-go. I was like, oh, boy, did, did we make the right move here? You know, did, did I make the right decision? But what it did do was it gave us a lot of time to kind of reflect on some stuff and kind of like how can we, you know, when we actually do get to do these things, kind of draw some excitement and, and uh, do these things right and get people excited to come back out to golf. With the pandemic, obviously, we were doing more general rounds, which was great, but it was also kind of a uh, detriment as well with the amount of car traffic and everything we were doing. Like you said, we uh, middle of a drought, then the storm hits in, in August. And that was actually supposed to be our member guest week. And I kind of made a joke with the, uh, with the staff. Uh, and that Monday, we were out mowing the fairways. And I said, oh, boy, they say a storm's coming. You know, let's go back to the shop and get the chainsaws ready. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, remember, I just have a history with member guests. And we always get a storm and whatnot. So let's go to the chainsaws ready. We'll probably have a couple trees come down or whatever else. We go back and kind of sent the sent the team home and said, well, if something happens, we'll we'll uh, we'll figure it out tomorrow. And then you know, 45 minutes later, we we had about 300, a little over 300 trees down, probably still counting. We haven't got to one little area of our property that um, we own that hasn't been uh, it's not in play or anything like that. So it's going to be a few more than that. But yeah, it was it was difficult. Again, you know, it's your first year. You're trying to figure out the ins and outs of the properties, um, trying to meet everybody, trying to gel with your team. We had a very inadequate irrigation system. That was that was kind of a nightmare. You know, it was just it was very tough. But the one thing that you know more so about my team, what I learned about them was, like I previously mentioned, these. Two of the key guys have been here for 30-plus years. Um, they didn't even blink when we kind of had to drop everything after the storm and start cleaning everything up. It wasn't a question of how many hours we're going to work, how hot it was. They just went to work. So, you know, my whole staff was very resilient. They really persevered through a really tough time, and I'm, I'm really proud of, of the work they did. Um, you know, we were closed for... Five, five to six weeks, and honestly, initially, I thought we were going to be closed way longer. I thought our entire rest of our year was going to be, be shot, but they just went to work, and, and we, we hammered through it, and, and I, I, you know, I think we did. I think we did a lot of good things, so very proud of what they accomplished and what we got done. As far as me, I, you know, I, I just, it's kind of like one of those things where you learn about yourself is that basically... In December, I sat down and I said to myself, literally, I don't think anything else could have happened in year one. You know, we survived. We moved forward. 
membership was very pleased with us. So that kind of told me, it was like, well, we kind of should be smooth sailing from here on out. So that was, that was kind of a, a big relief, you know, like, well, we can handle anything. So, not, you know, not going to be afraid to, of anything going forward. Hopefully last year was the anomaly of all anomalies. And with everything that was going on and you're getting ready for year two, how have you gone about developing an agronomic program for the golf course, David? I, I really take some time at the end of the year. Um, agronomically planning, basically for me, takes, takes, you know, probably starts in January or February. I really didn't change a lot from last year other than basically I made the decision to go to uh, no use of fungicides on my tea boxes. I felt I kind of dialed in a couple things, you know, that would allow me to uh, they started the process of converting all their teas from bluegrass, a rye blue mix, to bentgrass three years ago uh, before I got here. And uh, we basically have 15 of the holes done. Uh, so we only have three that are still kind of a combination of that blue rye poa mix, just with the, the use of phosphites and, and some humic and whatever else I've kind of, like I said, dialed those in the bank grass to where water management is, is very key for me, and it's been kind of limited, which has kind of also helped, but uh, um, basically making that decision to do no fungicides at all on tea boxes was the biggest change. Um, Greens-wise, you know, agronomically, haven't, I don't really tweak much there. I kind of have a program that I've kind of stuck with uh, over the years that I'm very happy with. Um, try to be minimalistic as far as nitrogen use, keep them pretty lean. And then the biggest one was uh, uh, was the commitment in, in trying to execute and educating the club on why we were not going to spend any money on, on our fairways. Um, our fairways are what I call Heinz 57. They're blue, rye, poa, you name it, mix. And just with the inadequacy of our irrigation system, they had been regrassing or reseeding fairways almost every fall for the last several years, trying to be budget friendly and, and conscious and responsible with the club's money. I, you know, I was just like, you know, we, I, I just don't think it's, it's right for us to put down products on, on the fairways, you know, that are ultimately going to check out on us. So that was, that was the biggest change in the move forward in, into year two. Like I said, nothing drastic. Yeah, everything's kind of panned out uh, so far. I've been very, very lucky um, so far in my teens. Um, haven't seen any disease whatsoever. You know, so I'm happy with that program that we're doing. I'm going to continue to go no fungicide on those. You know, hopefully maybe try to work some of those things uh, into my greens program and maybe try to reduce a little bit more fungicide use on my greens. But next year but again i won't really start dialing into that until probably december or january for next year what i understand you've done some trials with green activator which is now being produced by iowa-based standard golf it's a humic acid and fulvic acid where have you used it and what have you learned about adding that into the program so far i have yes i've used and that kind of was when i was approached by that I, that kind of goes back to the fairway use i had standard golf come in um I had the uh, a gentleman from Agrologic and Green Activator come in, uh, I think it was late last winter, and they were talking about, uh, you know, they want to do some some uh, trials, some 
than demoing out of, out of the golf course. And I was all about that. I'm, I'm pretty open to trying new things. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if it doesn't work, I'm, I'm not out anything. Hopefully learn something in the process. And so I kind of told him my situation, you know, hey, you know, here's the deal. I have a very inadequate uh, irrigation system. I'm not planning on doing anything on my fairways this year. Um, I'm at the labor situation where I really don't have anybody to sit on the sprayer other than myself. Uh, I don't foresee me being able to spray 40-some acres of, of fairways anytime soon, uh, at least regularly. So if you guys want to, to do a, a real demo, you know, um, I, you know, offer it up and say, hey, you got, my, you got my entire course. I can tell you, you know, these are the fairways that we had a lot of issues with as opposed to just general uh, problems as far as drought and, and uh, water areas and, and whatnot. Um, and they agreed to do that. Now, I, I will say that, you know, typically the how I use, I'm using humic acids mostly in my programs for, for a while now. And it really started for me when I was down in Arizona at a golf course down there. I, I used humics down there uh, quite a bit to improve some soil structure and, and to help increase the moisture holding capacity down in, in the sandy, sandy areas there. Um, not only do I use that on my tee boxes as well here to kind of help retain some moisture, but I basically use humid, uh, you know, as a way to help alleviate some compaction and untie untie some nutrients that are available. So hopefully try to really work on that soil health uh, aspect, the healthier the soils are, I believe, you know, uh, healthier your plants are going to be. So with that being said, uh, what I've seen so far with Green Activator has been been amazing in in my eyes. Uh, Color holding capacity is vastly improved over last year. My wilt tolerance on my fairways uh, is vastly improved over last year. I've seen very little disease pressure on my fairways. Uh, I have one, I would say I have one fairway that has some dollar spot issues and a few spots here and there, but that's, you know, that's night and day difference to what it was last year um, at this time. So, with that, our irrigation system hasn't has not changed. Um, we are in the midst of another drought again this year. Uh, just going through my records the other day, I've only received nine and a half inches of rain so far here at Elmwood and on the golf course, which puts us about 14 inches below normal. You know, we're uh, we're to that point now where it's uh, it's getting it's getting really dry out there. It's it's uh, it's getting a little worrisome in some spots, but as far as that, you know, my fairways are still going very strong, and and I'm very pleased. So um, I think they have a really good product going on. Um, You know, I would encourage some other people, hopefully give them a shot, give it a try. But, yeah, for me, it's definitely worked. Formulation and green activator has been used for years in helping grow corn and improving corn yield. Being in Iowa, how closely do you follow what's happening in agriculture, and are there any agricultural practices that you've applied into your agronomic practices over the years? <laughs> Honestly, yeah, uh, ag is obviously you know our our big industry here in the state. Grew up in a small little acreage. My parents had about sixty acres, uh, mostly hay. So I try to stay involved in the ag 
side of things somewhat, not as much as possible. You know, I just uh, so busy, you know, with everything and kids and whatever else. So that side of it, uh, other than talking to local farmers about the weather, that's about as much as I get involved on that side of it and yield-wise. But, no, just, uh, yeah, you know, humics have been used for for a long time on the ag side of it, and so that's kind of initially how I got got into using humics a little bit around the golf course. What I will say is that, you know, I've been trying to start paying attention a little bit more on ag equipment side because they just seem to be um, so much further ahead of the game a little bit as far as the golf course industry. And part of that's just, you know, the volume of products that they, they get to do as far as GPS spraying and, and some of that, um, some of the things that they're doing on that side of it. But as far as, you know, diving in really much with cops, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not one of those guys a whole lot. So, it's it's big for our state. I'm you know I'm glad I'm glad agriculture is really strong here. But I'm just not I'm not one of those guys a whole lot. So I'm going to ask you this anyway. Do you see any similarities between a a golf course superintendent and a, and a farmer? Well, I, yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, we're both in charge of raising a crop, right? Um, you know, we get this all the time. Uh, they everybody just thinks that you know we're we just mow the grass. You know, that's what that's what a superintendent does. Just mow the grass and. Whatever else, but no, we're we're trying to we're trying to produce a product. Um, we're trying to grow that product. We have to you know deal with Mother Nature in adverse situations. Um, you know, obviously their livelihoods are uh, as farmers are very much weather based, and ours kind of in that same regards are as well. You know, Mother Nature's not cooperating with us. Yeah, I mean, you can get in some tough situation so yeah there's some, some similarities there for sure so back down wood country club uh the club has a very extensive past the future looks promising with everything that's being done what are your plans for the golf course over the next three to five years oh my uh we may not have enough time in this podcast <laughs> from what i yeah. understand to, to mention all of them i'll try to make this very quick so over the years a lot of the vendor low bunkers had been uh filled in and, and taken out uh, so even before the derecho of last year, we had had a plan to uh, start putting in and redoing some of our bunkers. Um, we also had a plan to regrass our front nine greens. The back nine has already been redone. And like I said, we're in the process of finishing regrassing the tee boxes. Um, so currently, as of right now, uh, after the derecho came through, we lost so many trees. Uh, we started looking at some different avenues of how to make the golf course interesting. Uh, we've incorporated uh, a lot of native areas and what we call scrub areas, so wasty sand areas around the property. Moving forward, um, we have about a three-year uh, master plan for the golf course. Um, that involves uh, bunker work, uh, regressing the greens next year, um, some tee box, and potentially – uh, regressing of fairways. Um, the club itself has just approved a multi-year master plan. They itself are whole facility-wide. Um, they have approved and are, are starting the process of embarking on a $3.5 million first phase master plan, which is starting this fall. And that includes new irrigation system, which um, uh, Midwest Irrigation is on property as we speak, so that's exciting. Um, be putting in a, a new IC system from Rainbird. Um, still kind of keeping it 
a little bit kind of old school with as much a single row as possible. I call it a modified modified double row, single row. Uh, so we will have some double row out there and in, in, in areas. Um, the main thing this fall we'll, we'll be embarking on, like I said, bunker renovation on holes 17, 18, 1, 4, and 5. And then uh, the big, one of the big things we got coming up as well, I, I guess I kind of skipped around there, uh, but the full master plan facility-wise, uh, part of that $3.5 million is, like I said, new irrigation system, new swimming pool, uh, new tennis court, and three pickleball courts, um, investing some money uh, into the clubhouse as far as windows and doing some renovations inside. Um, so that's that's all happening here within the next year year or two. So that's that's exciting. Uh, golf course wise, we'll be like I said, doing the bunker work here this fall. A little bit of uh, tee work. Um, next fall, we will be focusing on closing down the front nine and regrassing those greens and enlarging them back out to the original fill pads. Um, on top of probably finishing up a few more bunkers. Um, and then the next big thing will be our, our practice facility at Chipping Green. Um, we have plans to do a, what I think is probably going to be the most unique feature in the state. Um, and will be just, I think, it's going to be ultimately a hit for Elmwood and make it instantly recognizable to anybody that comes out here. Uh, but we're planning about uh, a putting green and our 18th green will be combined. And that putting surface will kind of represent kind of like the Himalaya putting courses that you see somewhere around, you know, around the country. Um, it's going to be just around an acre. Uh, new maintenance uh, grounds facilities um, were proposed in the next couple of years as well. So there's a lot going on. Um, like I said, it's exciting. Um, I really think, you know, our goal, my goal at least, was to get Elmwood recognized as one of the ten, top ten golf courses in the state, I think we're well on our way, uh, and it's it's just it's an exciting time. It's it's almost one of those situations where you're kind of there's so much going on and so much to do that you just want to start seeing stuff happen, you know, left and right. But at the same time, you you start thinking about everything happening, you get a little bit overwhelmed. But you know, it's one of those situations where it's. It's also reassuring that, you know, you got some job security and there's, there's going to be excitement moving forward for the next three to five years. So a lot of good stuff. Um, you know, I, I really do believe that this is going to help Elmwood advance in the future. And, and, you know, I'm excited to see how just how far it goes. I was going to ask you, how do you juggle master plan work with daily maintenance? But I'm going to rephrase the question. Okay. How, how do you pace yourself when you're doing so much master plan work and you also have to do daily maintenance? That's 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 a good question there. So it's it's difficult, um, really. It is. I you know we're running with a staff of about seven to eight people. Um, that's counting myself. Um, you know, so it's, like I said, I'm very lucky to have that core group of of, of core guys um, that you know I, I trust them to do what needs to be done. So most of our master plan work is being done. Um, in the shoulder months, so like bunkers, for example, this fall we're starting uh, around the 5th of October. So at that time, you know, we're kind of winding down with the season um, and whatnot. So those couple key guys, you know, I can trust them just to go out and take care of, you know, let's get the greens mowed, the cups changed, and do our daily 
mowing situation, and I can grab a couple other guys and and go over and work on a few bunkers. And very lucky to have uh, a gentleman from Eastern Iowa here who's been in the industry for a while uh, on the golf course construction side. He's helping us do the shaping of the of the bunkers, so that that definitely helps alleviate a lot of stress off my hand. You know, uh, I I love I love shaping. Um, it's kind of a passion of mine, but what I can do in a week, he can do in two days, you know, so, you know, we move right along. Um, so with that regards coming out in the spring, you know, we always know we'll have a little bit of sod work and seeding work. So, you know, if we balance it out like that, it, it's been very, very, very helpful. Last year, you know, was a different situation when we were trying to do master plan work in conjunction with storm cleanup. And that was, that was a, that was a tough task and, and some things got neglected and, you know, that whole situation. So trying to balance that out, you know, early spring, late fall type situation and, and just hopefully Mother Nature cooperates and we can get as much done as possible going into the wintertime. Uh, David, last thing here, you're, you're a passionate person. You can tell in your voice that you really love doing what you – how enjoyable has this journey been for you and, and how rewarding has it been already to see some of the things you've accomplished at Elmwood? It's been a fun ride. You know, like I think I said previously, I've been in the industry now for 19 years. I started in uh, 2002 uh, working at Cedar Rapids Country Club for um, uh, Tom Feller, golf course superintendent over there. Um, you know, he was a true mentor to me, uh, taught me a lot. And kind of just seeing how, you know, things have transpired for him. Um, the work that he's done with Cedar Rapids Country Club is, is truly remarkable. And so, uh, you know, that kind of helped me get through some things, you know, sometimes where, you know, obviously kind of the whole situation with our industry is, you know, assistants aren't getting bumped up as, as soon as they used to. And that, that was a struggle for me for many years. Didn't know if I was ever going to get the opportunity. When I did get the opportunity, situations happened. I had to move back to Iowa and, uh, and was sitting as, as an assistant again for, for six or seven years and just wanting that opportunity and that chance to, to get back to be a superintendent. So now that I, now that I have it, um, it it's, I'm very grateful for this opportunity. And what I most love, I guess, about the profession is just, you know, First of all, working with your staff. Um, you know, you get a lot of guys that are passionate about the surf industry in the same room, driving towards the same goal. It's it's very, I think it's very unique um, in the sense of it, it really is kind of a little family and brotherhood, and, and you know, you just kind of keep plugging away and strive for strive for something that's probably never attainable. You know, that old perfection type thing. But you know, we're out there grinding all the time. Um, I just, I just absolutely love seeing a plan come together and, and the product at the end. You know, there's that, there's that something about that gratification that just resonates with me. Um, seeing the golfers enjoying their day, uh, you know, going, going in the 19th hole of the clubhouse and hearing them talk about these cool shots they hit off these banks or using these kick slopes and. You know, oh my gosh, you know, this ball bounced so far over here, and then it gave me this unique shot. That's that's rewarding for me, and see guys actually trying to, you know, out here enjoying golf and not so much worry about their scores and and, and just having fun. You know, that's 
that's what I love most about the industry and what I, why I come to work every single day. The other one is now that I'm superintendent, spending time with my girls out here, um, you know, this is hopefully this is going to be a place that they're going to spend quite a few of their years. Um, you know, I got enough work planned that, you know, I hope can be here for the foreseeable future. But just having a place for them to come and relax and then take it in and, you know, hopefully it's something they're proud of later on. You know, that gives me that gives me enjoyment as well. So How old are they and are they future golfers? <laughs> Um, I think it's too early to tell. Yeah, they are. Uh, um, my oldest daughter, uh, Lillian, is seven, and my youngest daughter, Elsie, is five. Elsie, they're both be starting school here on Tuesday. I'm excited for that. Um, I think they're more excited than I am. Elsie's starting kindergarten full time, so they're both off to school full time. Um, and so far, they're not golfers per se. They're more into soccer right now. Uh, but they have their own clubs and they've been kind of chipping and putting around. And I think, I think sooner and later I'll, you know, really kind of, I kind of want it to be organic, you know, kind of have them take up the game. And I've been getting a few questions here or there, so I think it's coming. So I'm pretty excited. Well, David, this is awesome. Uh, congratulations on everything you've achieved and good luck on everything you got planned. I'm exhausted hearing about all the upcoming work and we get a chance to see it in person one day and catch up again with you soon thanks a lot guy and yeah next time you're uh, around iowa hit me up we'd love to have you out um try to get as many people to see this place as possible because i i do think it's i do think it's something special and uh it's uh like i said it's unique and uh it's enjoyable so next time you're around let me know and we'll get you out here